Good afternoon, welcome to Pigeon Post. I probably sound really weird. <clears throat> I am fighting a cold for a couple of days. And I'm leaving my work right now. So I'm backing up, looking around, so my voice is probably doing all kinds of weird things right now. But well, thank you for clicking on this. I'm not sure why you clicked on this. Maybe you're a friend. Maybe you like lo-fi <laughs> uh, podcast recordings with lots of car noises and stuff like that. Um, that's what Pigeon Post is all about. Trying to get a message out quickly without a whole lot of um, editing. Um, nothing fancy on the intro. Maybe one day we'll get there, but we're not there yet. So, um, what I wanted to talk about today is why Christianity is different than all other religions. And um, I suppose that there's people in different religions who are, um, you know, apologists for their religions, or for their religion, rather, and they might want to say the same thing. So there's probably an inclination to want to say that your religion is different from all other religions um, in the sense of thinking that it's better or has um, <clears throat> more truth and something like that. So of course I understand that anybody in any religion would probably believe that that religion is unique. But actually, before assuming that, I, I think there's a lot of people in a lot of religions, uh, it seems to be pretty popular these days to think that your religion is not unique. Um, you might think it's the best one for you, but a lot of people don't want to criticize other people's religions. Um, and this goes for certain people who call themselves Christians, um, can go for Muslims, Mormons, people who are atheists, although I found that people who are atheists generally are pretty eager to have everybody else be atheists too. That's, that's interesting. But um, anyway, a lot of people are pretty happy to, sticker says, and have all these religions be seen as being on, um, at least on equal footing or having equal plausibility. But I don't want to necessarily talk about plausibility right now. If I were to go into objective facts, um, I would probably step me, I would probably be um, out of my depth because I don't know all the object, objective facts of other religions. I could come what I've heard, but what I've heard is a lot of it's been through a Christian lens. Um, so I think we have to be aware of our own you know, slant and subjectivity. Um, so I'm not going to say, here's all the facts of Christianity, you know, the empty tomb and this and that, like a, a classical apologist might, um, <clears throat> and then compare that to all of the facts of other religions. Uh, because with any religion, I think with something called revelation, and so you can accumulate a lot of facts, and I think it is a good, helpful thing to do. I'm not, 
I'm not saying not to do that. Um, but I think the question is like, how many of those need to reach what percentage of plausibility or, or accuracy for you? Um, so for instance, if you are a, uh, Muslim, let's say, and you think that the Quran has been perf perfectly preserved and there's only one version of it and all, all of those kind of things. Um, I'm not going to try to press against that, although I will say I've heard uh, a very different story um, from a lot of reputable sources, but not here to argue that. Um, what I'm saying is like, I think a lot of times people still wouldn't be convinced even if you tried to give them the so-called facts of their religion. Um, case in point, the Book of Mormon demands, uh, from, what I, from what I gather, a very different American archaeology and history <clears throat> um, that is, has not been proven. Um, very different than what most uh, reputable historians would would think actually happened in North America before uh, Columbus. Um, so I'm not going to come at it from that point of view. Uh, I think what I want to try to do is try to demonstrate that the story of Christianity, and by story I mean true story, uh, that what we typically call the gospel, the, the facts of who Jesus is, what he did, and how the Bible says that relates to humanity. That if you were to look at that story, and let's just call it the gospel, because gospel means good news. That's how the Bible refers to it. If you were to look at the Christian good news, the Christian gospel, and you were to compare it side by side with whatever the good news is of another religion, I think you would see a real trend that other religions would be very similar in what their good news is as you're comparing it side by side to Christian good news. And so, for instance, let's say that a certain religion or a certain belief system, and I'm using religion in the really broad sense of the term. So I don't just mean Judaism, Islam, I don't mean like the big three necessarily. Um, I mean any belief system that you find out there. Um, it could be an Eastern, uh, maybe like Buddhism or Hinduism. Or in America, we have lots of mix, mixing of religious ideas. And my thesis is basically this, that if you were to compare those side by side, that Christianity, the Christian gospel, as the Bible teaches, would be different, distinctly different and unique from all the other religions and what they say about humanity and what they say about what humanity needs and who God is, that something 
in particular is very unique and different about Christianity. And I would propose, now you can disagree with me on this, um, but I would propose that that is a mark of the truth of Christianity. And here's what I mean. Um, If we were to take a bunch of forgeries or a bunch of um, modified pictures, let's say I gave everybody a picture, I had an original and got everybody to modify the picture in some way. We would know what the original was based on comparing it to those modifications because it would be very clear what was added to it. So we would be more likely to know what the original was by putting it right next to all the modifications. Um, If you have a counterfeit bill of some kind or any kind of counterfeit document, um, putting it next to the original, the original tends to shine, so to speak. And you, you begin to when you put all these pieces together see clearly what the original is and I would also say that um, as a Christian I believe that God has a plan and a purpose and a message and that there is an adversary called Satan or the devil that the Bible speaks of who is not God but who also has a plan, but his plan is not unique. His plan is just to go against God's plan. And so, if he can create messages that look like the gospel, that are counterfeit, but have deviations, I think if we analyze those deviations, that we'll see, oh, somebody is counterfeiting this for the purpose of hiding the truth. So here is where the fracture is. Here is where the lie is the loophole, the, the, the problem with this statement, um, with this news that the devil is trying to give us, if that makes sense. So even if you're not a Christian, I just want to see if you would go with, go with me on that idea, right? That if you're getting, let's say you get every religion to come before you, get a reputable leader from every religion to come before you, let's say you're completely agnostic, And you're like, okay, I'm just going to listen. I know there must be something out there. There's some meaning to life. I'm going to listen to every religion and see what they tell me. Um, So as a Christian, um, what I believe is that all of those deviations, all of those different religions are basically engineered by somebody Uh, a spiritual force, if you will, who doesn't want us to know the truth. So they're all going to have a mark of that. Now, I think somebody could, could come against me, come against that statement and just say, well, wait a minute. What if Christianity is really the bad religion (laughs) and, uh, and all the other ones are pretty good? then Christianity is the one that's different, so that shows you it's bad. And I guess you could take that point of view as well if you wanted to. Um, So, back to the original question. How is Christianity different from all the other religions? Okay, so it's different in several ways that basically boil down to one way. And so here's the several ways that it's different. I think that most religions and maybe not all in this particular point, but most religions will tell you that man is basically 
good. If you ask the average person on the street, are you a good person? Now they might not tell you that humanity is good, right? But the average person is gonna tell you that they are a good person. Unless they're really under the conviction of sin um, and they see their moral failure, um, most people are gonna say, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. So I think that's one, one mark, but that's not even the distinction that I'm trying to make. So you've got most religions saying, look, you're basically good. And if you're not good, you have the power to be good. So even if, even if they're teaching that, that there is such thing as sin, the idea is that if you overcome that sin, if you make yourself better, then that is the path. That is the way of salvation. You need to make yourself better. Um, you need to improve your situation. You need to grow as a person. And that is basically the path to enlightenment or what have you. Um, so you get this, you know, looking different ways. Um, you know, you'll get people who try to follow the rules of a religion. So something like Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness or Islam or many versions of Christianity will say, do these things and God will love you. You will basically outweigh the bad that you've done and sort of undo the bad that you've done by doing good things. So the main word in all religions besides Christianity, besides biblical Christianity, is do. Okay, here's what you need to do. You need to pray this many times. You need to um, empty yourself. You need to focus. You need to have positive thoughts. Um, you need to direct your energy this way. Um, basically, they give you tasks and programs to complete and accomplish. Um, as a side note, <clears throat> I've been watching, um, I forget what it's called, Scientology, something Scientology, the Leah Remini um, series. And we've watched the first season and it's amazing. You need to watch it. Um, it really shows you what kind of mind control any religion can have over people and how it can become cult-like. Um, it is, I mean, Scientology is a cult and you'll see that just by watching the show. Um, but you can come to that conclusion on your own, but how basically a religion can become a trap that is just there to control you. And one thing that the cults have in common is that there's a burden placed on your back, right? So that, that's kind of the thing there. If, if there's a burden placed on the person where they have to do this and they have to do that, but Christianity is not like that. In fact, um, one of the most popular books in the world is called The Pilgrim's Progress. And when the person becomes a Christian, when, when Pilgrim becomes Christian, I think he's, his name is Christian, the burden rolls off his back. So there's this weight, there's this law. And so uh, Judaism originally had this law and a lot of... Um, 
if they're Orthodox Jews, still follow it, uh, the food laws and stuff like that. <coughs> and that law made, makes demands upon people. Um, you need to do this. You need to do that for God to accept you or for you to be holy before, the God, before God. You need to do this and do that. And that law was originally a good thing. But that law, God knew when he, when he placed that law there and he knows with the law in our hearts that we're not going to ever be good enough. We are sinful, fractured people, broken even. And even Adam and Eve, even in their unbroken state, didn't keep the law, the one law that God gave them to keep, which was to not eat the fruit. They ate it. So if they couldn't do it, we can't do it. We're rebels by nature. We're rebels by choice. We confirm our rebellion against God by the things that we do. So the view of man is different in, in Christianity than other religions. Um, once again, other religions might have a view of a sinful human being, but that person is able to basically get themselves out of it by something they do. Now, here is where we come to the real difference of Christianity. Are you either already okay, like God loves you, there's nothing, he doesn't really care about your sin, he's gonna forgive everybody. Some people take that view. Okay, so you're already okay, right? Everybody is already okay. Um, I'm not sure I fully understand the statement, but I know that this statement, I am enough, is going around a lot. And I know that Joel Osteen has his book about I am this, I am that. But it's not about God, it's about you, right? So is the view of the person, either that the person is already okay, or maybe the view is that you can become okay by working for it. So if you come to church, if you take communion, if you uh, pray for the sick, if you say this prayer, if you um, go to these meetings, if you um, go door to door and tell like whatever the thing is, everybody's got their thing. Every religion has their thing. It's like the first question is, what do I need to do, right? Well, you need to do this. You need to join us. You need to come to these meetings and you need to do these things. And what goes along with that um, could be one of two things. Either, like I said, you could have this assurance where everybody's okay. So if your religion is really laxed, um, it has a high view of man. It's like, everybody's all right. Don't worry about it. Nobody's going to hell. It's not a big deal. Um, just love everybody and God, you're obviously good. God will outweigh the good and the bad. Or your religion could say, you can become okay by doing these things, but it's essentially saying the same thing um, that I just said, is that you'll be okay because God will outweigh the good with the bad. So I hope, I hope I'm making sense here. Every religion or thought system about God or man in the world says you're either already okay or you can become okay based on something you do. 
Now, Christianity doesn't say that. Christianity says you're not okay and nothing you can do will make you okay. So there's, there's a key difference. You're not okay and there's nothing you can do to make yourself okay. So think about the messages that we get from the world. I am enough. Christianity says you're not enough and there's nothing you can do to be enough. Um, positive thinking says, I can do it. Christianity says, you can't do it and you can't get yourself strong enough to do it. Right? Um, maybe a thought system says, I, I am at peace with the universe or I'm at peace with what I've done or I'm at peace with myself. Christianity says you're not at peace with God and there's nothing you can do to reconcile yourself to God. You cannot be at peace with God in your current state by yourself. You can't do it. So Christianity starts, the gospel starts with bad news. It starts by saying, it's, it's a really horrible sales pitch, right? Hey, everybody stinks. We're all rebels against a loving, holy, all good God. But that's not all of the gospel. So the gospel says that. There's nothing you can do to get yourself right with God. Nothing you can do. No work that you can do. There's not enough poor people that you can feed. There's not enough... There's no way to undo what you've done. Your sin stinks in the nostrils of God. And I'm speaking of myself as well. But here's where Christianity becomes so... Can I use that word? <laughs> the good news of Christianity, the gospel, is so much gooder than the other false gospels. Because it doesn't place the burden on you as its gospel. It, you, in Christianity, you recognize the burden is already there. Your burden of sin is already on your back, just like Pilgrim in Pilgrim's Progress, or Christian in Pilgrim's Progress. The burden's on your back. Here's the good news. Jesus did everything that you couldn't do. Jesus loved the Lord as God with all his heart and soul and mind and strength. Jesus loved every neighbor as himself. Jesus kept the law. Jesus never told a lie. You've told a million. Jesus never stole anything. You're stealing with your eyes right now. You're coveting. Jesus never murdered anyone. He never had hatred in his heart. He never had lust in his heart. He committed no sins of the heart or mind. So it's not only that he followed the law, but he fulfilled the law. He did the good, right? Even if you think of yourself as a great person based on things that you haven't done. I've never killed anyone. I've never done this. I've never done that. Okay, great. Maybe you think of yourself as a good person because of things you have done. I've fed the poor. I've did this. I've did that. Here's the bad news. 
every one of those good things that you've done has been infected by a heart that was selfish in doing it. Did you really do those good things out of complete love for the Lord your God and complete love for your neighbor? Jesus did. Jesus did everything that he did with love for the Lord and love for his neighbor. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant. He gave his life as a ransom for many. That's what Jesus did. He died on the cross and took the punishment that you couldn't even take. You wouldn't even be able to die for your own sins. I wouldn't be able to die for my own sins on the cross because I'm not a perfect sacrifice. And so the Old Testament teaches that we have to have a perfect sacrifice. There has to be a lamb without blemish. But it can't just be a lamb because the blood of animals can never take away sin. But the blood of the God-man, Jesus, can take away sin. And he can die in your place and take the punishment so that God is both the just, as it says in Romans, and the justifier. There is no other religion in which God is the just, meaning he is fulfilling justice. He is executing justice by taking his wrath out on his son. People don't like that. People don't like that. It seems primitive. I know there's some Christian groups that don't even like saying that. They call it divine child abuse. I would just tell you, that's the only way to be saved, is if Jesus took the punishment for your sins. He didn't die to show you how to sacrifice yourself for your own sins. This is what a lot of versions of Christianity teach, that he died as our example. That's not chiefly why he died. We are supposed to lay down our life, follow him, and take up our cross. True. That is all true. But his death, the reason why it had to happen, is so that his blood would reconcile you to God. It would cover your sins. It's an atonement. It's a substitutionary atonement. He took your place, took your punishment when you were supposed to get the death sentence, when you were under the death sentence, and were supposed to get executed, he stepped in your place and did that for you. So that's the difference in Christianity. You have a savior that is not you in any way, shape, or form. Christianity is the only religion that is truly grace. It's truly has something called grace. No other religion can claim to have grace if there's works attached to it because it's no longer grace. Because grace is a gift. So, if eternal life is a gift of God through Jesus, it's a gift that's there for anyone who will take it. Jesus compares himself to living water. That if you're thirsty, come to Jesus and drink. That's not a work. It's just drinking the living water. It's very passive. Like, Jesus is there to be 
we use the term accepted. I think that's kind of a, it's not strong enough of a word. Jesus is there already as the Lord of the universe, the King of all kings. You can't make him the King of kings. He's already the King of kings. The question is, are you going to stay a rebel against the King of kings? Are, are you going to recognize that you are a rebel and turn from your sins? So the two things that have to happen is that you need to repent and believe. Now you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, you just said I didn't need to do anything. Right, there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. You can't pray a prayer. Um, you can't... Um, go to church, you can't be baptized, you can't, you can't make yourself a Christian. It is a work of the Spirit. So if you're going to be a Christian today, it's because the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart based either on something I'm saying or something you've heard before. So when we talk about sin, are you convicted before God that, man, I have offended the God who made me, the God who gives me breath and life and everything good, he puts food on my plate every day. I have offended this God with my sin. I'm just living the way I want. I have idols all over the place. I have idols that I give my time and attention to. I don't love God. I have idols. If you're convicted of your sin, that's a good sign that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Don't harden your heart. The Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Let that conviction set in. You need to repent and believe the gospel. You need to turn away from the idols, turn away from your sin, and turn towards Jesus. And that's not a work. It's looking at Jesus. So Jesus doesn't say, go clean yourself up. And when you're all clean and you're all, you know, uh, you have all the sin out of your life, then come to me, then I'll accept you. No, it's a work of the Spirit. God does it in you and with you and to you such that he makes you a new creature. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come. Is there any other religion that offers brand new life? Not just a clean slate that you can mess up again, but that you actually become a child of the king. So it's not that you were a rebel of the king and now you become a servant of the king, although you are a servant, right? But that you actually become a child of the king, a child of the father. You're not just part of the kingdom, you're in the family. Jesus is like your brother and God is your father come into the family of God. Is there any religion that offers that? So in my humble opinion, I've done the best I could. Um, I'm sure I could have done better if I tried, but this is if I put time to study, but I don't have a lot of time to study. <laughs> this is Pigeon Post. I'm desperately scribbling a message and putting it in the carrier of the carrier pigeon and sending the pigeon off. And so this is an invitation to a conversation. If there's something that I haven't gotten quite right, um, hey man, polish it up, you know? Take that message and give it to somebody. 
but I encourage you to believe the gospel today, that there's nothing you can do to save yourself except to repent and believe what Jesus has already done for you. It's what he has done that's important. It's what he has done that makes us reconciled before God. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today. Believe that he died and rose, and that he did this for your sins to make you a child of God. And um, yeah, I encourage you to read the Bible and, and find a Bible-believing church, you know. Um, if you want to listen to this podcast, I do offer, you know, some criticisms of different Christian groups. I'd encourage you to really be careful about what Christian group you align yourself with. And I'm not saying I have all the answers, um, but just make sure that the gospel is there. Is that message really central to that to that church? It's a really good sign if it is. Um, I guess as a sort of postscript, I have about five minutes here. The second question I was going to try to address is basically already answered with the first question. Is Jesus the only way to God? So, if this is the good news that I've just described to you, that's different from all other good news, it's gooder than all other good news because there's nothing you can do to save yourself but Jesus. God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No other religion offers that. Now, so the next question is pretty obvious, um, or the answer to it anyway. Is Jesus the only way for this to happen? The answer is yes. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, as Christians, we definitely can't be inclusive. And that's pretty much a bad, bad thing to say to this world right now. Christianity, or rather Christ himself, is exclusive. He is the only way to the Father. If you come up with your own version of Jesus, right? If you say, Jesus is a good person, I like his teachings, but I'm still going to be a Muslim, or I'm still going to be a Mormon, I don't really believe the Bible, I've got the Book of Mormon, or... I don't believe in substitutionary atonement. I'm going to be a Jehovah's Witness. Um, you know, I think you got to work, you know. Or if you're going to be one of those Christian groups that ignores everything that Paul says and takes James out of context and says, it's faith plus works. I'm going to work my way with, with Jesus. You're making up a Jesus that doesn't exist. And a Jesus that doesn't exist can't save. So I know that's a harsh word but I'm saying it because I love you. Come into the freedom that exists when you let go of trying to be right before God on your own strength and you throw yourself at the mercy of Jesus. He's a good savior. He will save you. And a lot of people have this question in this misunderstanding of Christianity. So you're saying that all I have to do is believe then I can go live like whatever I want. And the answer is no, I'm not saying that for two reasons. Number one, the Bible says that a Christian is one who repents and believes, not just once, 
but throughout their lives, a new creature has been created. And this creature does two things really well. It repents and believes. This creature will still sin. This new creature will do bad things. But you know what this creature's gonna do? It's gonna get its heart broken by the Holy Spirit. Every time, this creature will repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as an ongoing work in their life. And that will result in spiritual growth. Listen, if there's a person who says they're a Christian and they don't hate their sin, they might go through seasons. We all go through seasons. I go through really bad seasons. Okay, I struggle with lots of things. Sin, depression, everything. This isn't about me, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think I'm perfect. But I also don't think that a Christian is someone who just does whatever they want to do and puts a check mark next to Jesus and says, okay, I checked my Jesus box. So, unfortunately, I'm out of time. I got to end there. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, maybe this maybe this should have another podcast about Jesus being the only way. But I think it pretty much goes um, right in line with the first question. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to send me an email, pigeonpost2019 at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like me to read it or interact with it, just let me know. If you'd like me not to um, interact with it on a podcast, then I just, I won't. I'll just read it and, and take what you say to heart. So I hope you have a wonderful day and uh, just encourage you to know that there is one unique truth that rings true and that's the gospel. And there is one savior that'll bring you to God and that's Jesus. Have a great day. Bye.